Good afternoon. It's another edition of the 21 News podcast, and it's debate week in Ohio. We've seen the candidates for the Democratic nomination to the United States Senate square off on Monday morning, the GOP candidates on Monday night, and then the two Democratic candidates for Ohio governor square off on Tuesday night. A reminder, there was no debate uh, for the Republican candidates for governor after sitting Governor Mike DeWine declined the Ohio Debate Commission's invitation. So we're going to go over who the winners and losers were of each one. Um, we're going to start with the Senate Democratic debate between Tim Ryan, uh, Columbus attorney Morgan Harper, and Tracy T.J. Johnson. So with us today is Radio 570 WKBN host Ron Verb and publisher of the Buckeye Review, Dr. Mike McNair. Good to see you guys. It's not a Sunday. <laughs> Good to see you. So... Um, so this is a little more free-flowing and free-form. There's not a time constraint, but we'll, you know, go as long as we feel like going. Um, but let's start with the, the Senate Dem debate on uh, Monday morning. Well, what are your guys' key takeaways? All right. Well, let me give it a first shot. You're talking about the Democratic debate that I watched. Right. And uh, it was painful for me to watch. Quite frankly, I mean, obviously, Tim Ryan is a front-runner for the Democrats. That's that's clear with them recognition being a congressman but when you're watching that debate i thought like has this guy been in washington all all of his life for the most part i mean since he's been a young guy because you would think he's running as some type of an outsider or i want to do this or i want to do that well he's been there a long time and i also saw one of his commercials the other day where he's talking about china it was the first commercial i saw and i thought the one guy that was doing anything about the trade issue when it came to china was Don Trump, was President Trump. He was the only one that ever took on China and was making changes there. And what did Tim Ryan try to do to Donald Trump? Impeach him. So I'm saying this is just rhetoric from Tim Ryan on his commercial and what I saw in that debate. Once again, he's talking about the working man and union and jobs, just as the other two candidates were talking about that. I sat back and watched it and I said, wait a minute, we have plenty of jobs in our community. They're all over the place. I I'm hearing constantly from employers they can't find employees or people to apply for these jobs. So when these guys are talking about we need more jobs, my question is, really? We got the battery plant, we have all this going on, every employer's got the same complaint, and you're you're beating that horse again. It made no sense to me. One other point. You know, you mentioned this Morgan Harper. She was one that was on there talking about, well, I want Medicare for all. Now, Medicare is the insurance that if you're 65 and older that you can go on. Medicare is going broke. It has major problems. The reimbursement to hospitals isn't adequate enough to keep hospitals open if everyone was paying on Medicare. Hospitals make up the difference on private sector insurance. Ask any hospital CEO. So when Megan Harper says Medicare for all, my first question to her is, well, Medicare is going broke. Hospital CEOs say it doesn't pay enough in reimbursements. Why would you champion Medicare for all? How are you going to fund it? What happens to our hospitals? At the same time, she's on there talking about, let's expand the Supreme Court because we're not in control. The conservatives have too much of a voice. Let's go from nine, nine members to 13 or whatever that magic number is. And I'm troubled by anyone that wants to change the system simply because they're not leading it or winning, if you will. So I wasn't too happy with any of her positions. Her positions seemed to be more governments in your life, more taxes. Uh, Tim Ryan's the same old message about employees. And as far as Tracy Johnson goes, um, she was uh, 
not much to consider in my opinion. I mean, she just seemed very nervous and didn't have much to say. So I, I don't even really count her in the running. Tim Ryan's clearly going to be their choice. And Tim's got the same old message I've heard now from him for 20 years. So, so Mike, um, what, what were your takeaways uh, on this? Uh, I mean, you could go candidate by candidate like Ron did or just uh, overall. <laughs> I'd like to respond to uh, Ron. <laughs> uh, because, you know, I'll start with what he said about Tim Ryan and has he been there. Because Tim Ryan consistently talks about the working man, and he, but he's in Ohio and he's been here. He grew up here. We all live in Ohio. Now we, but when we look at Ohio's government, we have plenty of jobs, but we pay paltry wages. That's why he touts union and working class jobs, because those are the jobs that keep our kids in the community. Those are the jobs that pay a good wage, have good health care, and take and has people raising a family. Now, if you want to press down on minimum wage and press down on the economy by paying as little as you can. That's why it's hard to find workers. And when you say hard to find workers, it's not, it's hard to find workers who are willing to work for chicken feet, right? I mean, if we have almost full employment, what is the unemployment rate? 4%, 4.5%? I mean, 20 years ago, 5% was considered full employment. So pretty much everybody who's going to work, wants to work is working. The problem with trying to hire people and pay them as little as possible is have people running to places where they'll get a better shot. They're a better shot trying to work on their own and be independent than to work for minimum wage, which by the way, Ohio has led the way in keeping wages low. So you know, I'd like to comment maybe on the fact that Governor DeWine and the other jokers didn't want to debate because they have a, their handful of shoving down our throats, low wages, you know, and um, and low opportunity for working. And not to well, hold on, you. hold on a second here, Mike. On that, wait, 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 wait. Give me a second. You you had a good long time, so <laughs> so don't but jump it, in on me because you also <laughs> mentioned about you also mentioned about Medicare for all and this going broke, right? Well, the truth is. Medicare for all is a compromise to the to expanding um, health care. We're coming out of a pandemic, two years in a health crisis, and yet we don't want to help people get health care, health care. Medicare is health care. Now it's managed by the government. It's not done very well, but it's done better than let them just kick them out in the street because uh, we don't want, we, we have nothing and let them die on the street. That's why people are sicker, dying earlier. And uh, our, you know, our healthcare situation is not good. And so pushing it, when, when Morgan is pushing Medicare for all, she's doing it from a financial standpoint of saying, look, more people don't have healthcare. And if more people did have healthcare, Ohio would be healthier. Ohio could go to work. But we do have to raise the wage. Now, let me also mention that Ohio, when Cincinnati passed a minimum wage law for the city of Cincinnati, the state of Ohio said no other city can do that because the state and the conservatives said we must keep wages low. But that wage gap is growing 
And so as conservative as you want to be, and I ain't mad at you for being conservative, but if conservatism means pay people a little bit, make them broke, make them scratch for everything. After, by the way, you've taken away the farm. I say now you, you've gotten government largesse for years. Most of the uh, talking about systems going broke. We won't mention corporate welfare because we spend 12 times more on corporate tax breaks than we do on government programs. 12 times more. Take it away. All right. Now, let me I'm glad this is in Sunday morning because it gives me just a minute to respond to some of that stuff. And, and I'll give you a shot back at it. First of all, you're talking about these jobs don't pay anything. Let's be realistic. We have the trades that are begging for people to get in the apprenticeship program. Union electricians. We have union plumbers and pipe fitters. They're all looking for people, all of them on a constant iron workers. They don't pay minimum wage. They pay a decent wage with a great retirement and they can't find people. We have the battery plan. Good pay, good benefits that they're going to be offering. This concept that you're putting out there that all these jobs pay next to nothing is absolutely inaccurate in our community here, let alone in, in, the, in the rest of the state. So, and by the way, the minimum wage, most employers are paying in minimum wage jobs, $15 an hour, like Chipotle to scoop corn, because that's what it takes in the marketplace to get somebody to show up. Those aren't necessarily career jobs, but we have decent paying jobs out there with opportunities if you're willing to put the effort forth. That's number one. Number well, two, when you're talking about health, hang on a second here, give me a second. When you're talking about health care, I want to remind you of something. When, when I was growing up, I was covered on my father's health policy till I became an adult. My father taught me then, as I'm sure most people viewing this, that health care is a responsibility. When I became an adult, it was my responsibility to get a job that had health care benefits or my responsibility to buy them. That's part of being adult, just as it was to pay my mortgage, pay my electric bill, pay my gas bill. It wasn't up to the government to take care of me. So when you're talking about health care, there's a personal responsibility that people have. In this country right now, we have Obamacare. So that option is there. We have Medicaid for people that are dead broke. Medicare is for the elderly. It is going broke. She offered no answers on how to fix that problem. She offered no answers on the compensation that goes to the hospitals. So most of what you say that I've listened to, to me, is absolute nonsense. And I finally got a chance to say that on this lawn form. <laughs> there are... Um, <laughs> there 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 are built-in costs to our current health care system though to the to the point that if somebody doesn't have health care and they get sick that the insurance your insurance is going to go up when that goes into the collective if they can't pay so so to the point that there's a problem there's certainly a problem that needs addressed um that being said and ron you and i talked a little bit yesterday about this the fact that in these debates Get drilling down on policy is pretty important, and we did not see a ton of that on that uh, on that answer. I mean, so we saw Morgan Harper say Medicare for all was her solution. How to pay for it was not as fleshed out, and uh, and the answer may be that it is cheaper than the current system because of the passed along costs. But I don't know that, and 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 that wasn't explained to me. What I saw, because I'll give my take too, since I'm kind of doing a dual thing here is I saw, uh, first of all, I, I will, unfortunately, and with respect to, to t Tracy Johnson, I, I am sort of discounting her as a, as a candidate in this race only because I don't, uh, I, I, you don't hear much about her leading up to this, and she didn't do that well. Her answers that were, her, her answers that were well thought out 
didn't really lead anywhere. They they kind of said, well, I, you know, for instance, on the question about packing the Supreme Court, Tracy Johnson said, well, I think we need to be careful about that. I think what we need to do is ensure that the Supreme Court stands for justice. Well, yes, of course we need to ensure the Supreme Court stands for justice. That's not a policy. That's not a, you know. so, um, so she seemed a little out of her depth. What I saw between Harper and Ryan was this classic struggle happening within the Democratic Party about where their voters and where their base should be. Ryan is doubling down on the idea that there was a base of voter, a blue collar voter, places like the Mahoning Valley, who voted for Democrats for a long time along real kind of basic trade issues. That's why you see that China ad, because that's not, I'm sure that's very much by design. He knows that when a Republican candidate came up talking about China, all of his voters decided they liked the Republican candidate because that was the issue that resonated. So he's trying to win them back. And the question is whether or not they're winnable back. I, I would argue they're probably not. Those people are Republicans now. They're in line with a lot of what Donald Trump stood for, standing up to China just being one of them. Um, they were always pretty conservative Democrats on everything else. The trade issue was the one. Um, and so then you have somebody like Morgan Harper who's saying, there's a baked in the cake constituency here of people who are sort of the Democratic Party's answer to the forgotten man. And they're younger, they're more diverse, they're in the cities, they don't always vote because they feel as though they've been sold a bill of goods over and over again. They feel like they're either being treated adversarially by some candidates or patted on the head and told to sort of wait in line by other candidates. And so she's sort of representing this idea that you can speak to them and have an underrepresented block uh, start to turn out. Now, Ohio may not be the state to do that in. Ohio is a pretty conservative state. There are still plenty of voters she may be speaking to, but this is probably not the election cycle. That said, she's not going anywhere. I mean, this is an audition for whatever the next move is, but Morgan Harper's probably going to be on the scene in Democratic politics for quite some time. I so I guess she was eloquent. Yeah, well, I thought she did a good sure. job in the presentation. Yeah, I didn't I, agree with her content. Exactly, but that's my point. Is a guy she's she's really not speaking to a guy like you. I mean, that's that's the point. Is she's speaking to a constituency? No, I don't mean that as an insult. I just mean, I mean, you're you, right. no. she's seeing where the electorate is hacked up, and she knows where the Ryan voters are. She knows where the GOP voters are, and she's saying, I got voters who are not going to turn out unless they feel somebody's actually taking them seriously, and that's oh, who yeah, she's no, trying no. to reach. Let me yeah, ask both like of you to, this question. Uh, well, Go ahead, Mike. Let me because I didn't address your retort about China, and I like the fact that uh, you said, Justin, that people heard strong on China and they resonated with that, but most people don't really understand the whole China dynamic. Because China, even though it's a large economy, they are very much uh, precarious uh, in their dealings with trade issues and other countries. You could say Trump was strong on China because he was strong. Yeah, he was strong, but he was also weak, right? Uh, but the fact that he was strong one time and the fact that his daughter got paid by many contracts because of it, no one's really talking about that. But the fact is that China's economy cannot stand alone. It must, in the, in the economy of the global economy, it must cooperate with all nations. America is the largest economy on earth. That's why they love our consumer. They love our dollars. And the fact is that 
you, you can't just say I'm strong on China or weak on China. China is a bully just like Putin, but they're just a lot smarter, right? And and their their savviness is not going to have them doing this, something like going up outright, uh, you know, against another country. But they are going to manipulate currency. They are going to mess with uh, um, intellectual property, and we can defeat that. But in terms of in, in terms of political messaging, simple is better. It resonates with more people. And so that's the, the Ryan China ad, similar to a lot of the Trump messaging is, and to an extent, the Morgan Harper messaging is find the constituency who feels nobody's speaking for them and say, you've been getting screwed. I noticed it and I'm going to stop it. And that's, that's what resonates with a lot of people. That's probably why. So now I do want to get into just who you think won this debate. All right. Let me let me just respond to a couple of things and get you guys thoughts on this. Here's what was disappointing. This isn't about Democrat or Republican, conservative or liberal. This is about Americans. The biggest problems that uh, everyone is facing right now is inflation. Inflation, when you look at gas at 420 a gallon, uh, electric rates have more than doubled. Natural gas rates have more than doubled. Grocery prices are going up. The president yesterday or the other day was talking about food shortages because of the boomerang sanctions that he put on the Ukraine that are going to greatly affect Americans as far as food availability and food prices. These issues weren't addressed at all in this debate. They didn't ask Tim Ryan, who supported these ener the energy policy of the Biden administration, which has been detrimental to this country uh, and has caused some of the problems as far as oil availability. They didn't ask a question about what is your energy policy? Do you want to double down on the Green New Deal at a time when we see people really hurting energy-wise to heat their homes and to put gas in their car? These are the important questions. When, we're, when we in the United States are talking about food shortages, uh, in record inflation, 10% inflation coming for the next three years on top of that, none of this was addressed, where they stood on it, what they would do about it, and if they would reverse some of the Biden direction that brought a lot of this on. You cannot continue to print more money without creating inflation. Printing money causes inflation. All the Democrats want to do is print more money. So what's their answer to the energy problem? Well, let's do away with the federal tax for a while or the state tax, or let's give everybody $100. The energy is supply and demand. We need more oil. Let's get back to drilling, cut the regulations, cut the roadblocks that you put in, in place to make this difficult so that all of us, all of, all of you guys, that we can start having a more comfortable life because all of us are becoming poorer. Our savings are worth less, our paychecks worth less. We're all becoming poorer as a result of these decisions. Comment. So I'd like to uh, just chime in on this a little bit because I agree with you, it's an American issue. Uh, and Biden is the strongest person to be in the seat of president at, at a time like this. The sanctions that are put on are not American sanctions. They are global sanctions. And the world is coalescing around an issue that is clearly an inhumane issue. And so to say we need oil in order to be okay with genocide and just blowing up another country is probably the worst thing that we can say. And I understand saying, oh, we want our oil to be lower or we don't want to be a cleaner energy. But the truth is a progressive agenda it requires cleaner energy. Ohio, where the conservatives have been so steeped in oil that they can't see to the fact that one day we can and we should move toward uh, less 
you know, fossil fuel uh, dependency. So you said right, the but, last time we met. Last time we met. But Mike, we, when, we, when, we, have to, we have to still get oil from Russia. We, we got to do but that Mike, because they're not the only ones that right. do oil. When you're talking about, you often talk about poor people. You think it's easy for poor people to pay more for groceries and more for energy and more to heat their house? The reality is we are right now a fossil fuel economy. You can dream all you want about the Green New Deal. We got to deal with the problems right here now. Are you for destroying a recovering American economy with these boomerang sanctions? Maybe they're not the answer. Maybe, maybe, maybe we should be, give some consideration of what are we doing to our American people when we're talking about food shortages in the United States of America. Now, come on, come on, man, as Biden would say. <laughs> yeah, Biden, yeah, because he's a good man. You need, but but you need you do need. So right now, there's a lot of there's polling out there that shows that a, a vast majority of Americans are willing to take on more sacrifice for this crisis in Ukraine, but that's not going to last forever because they are getting squeezed and they're getting squeezed hard and you can get through a few bad months, but that's all you can get through. And, and you're lucky if you can get through a few bad months. So I, you know, I'm, I, I like the idea of grand American moonshot ideas, and we do need to get to a point where we're not fossil fuel dependent. But the path there is a long-term path. You can't lay the groundwork to that and squeeze everybody now and expect that it's going to be okay. It won't. And so what you really need to hear, and I didn't hear from any of these candidates, is what is your short-term solution to help us go. get there? Let's bridge that gap. That You do need to bridge that gap, and we need to talk about policy more. So yeah. back to just sort of the wrap-up question I had on this debate as to, uh, as to who the winner probably was. I'll just weigh in and say that, you know, this was Ryan's to lose and he didn't lose it. I don't think he did great. I don't think he even necessarily did well, but he needed to not slip on a banana peel and fall on his face. And he didn't do that. So he probably won. <laughs> I'm going to do, I'm gonna do, I, 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 let me do this. I'm gonna, I, I, go ahead. I, I, I was just going to give Justin mega dittos as he used to for Rush. Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I agree. I think uh, Morgan Harper, really acquitted herself very well. The fact that she worked in the Obama administration for the Consumer you know, Financial Protection uh, Act, and she has, you know, she has the chops to deal with government. And you're right, in, 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 in sound bites and short debates and 90-second bites, you can't really dig into policy. She is the real deal. Uh, Ryan won because he didn't lose, uh, and he has the weight uh, the gravitas and the finances to back him up. Uh, the fact that he's been there so long, he does have some uh, some dirt on him that she could sling, right? Because you have to be, you know, kind of play ball on both sides. And when you're on on the side that I don't like, I can I can say, okay, you're getting too much money from from the lobbies. You know, there's no purity in politics because all of the money comes with a price tag. It comes with a a, a, a string that must be pulled and all of those lobbyists that are paying off Democrats and Republicans are getting something from it. That's why, although we don't talk about corporate welfare, you, we have there's plenty of money. We talk about printing money and worrying about, you know, uh, uh, the deficit and the debt. The truth is there's 
minty of money. It needs to be managed better. Government doesn't do a real good job at it. And I think Morgan Harper has the job to help with that. Now, again, I'll say I agree with Ditto's. Not a Ditto head Ditto. <laughs> but, uh, that, you know, Ryan didn't lose.